I have my friend Bob Kiefer. I had him on the show earlier this year when we were talking about gluten-free beer. And um, and uh, um, since then, he was going to like open something up. But since then, he's actually been able to make a beer. And so I called him and said, why don't you come in and talk about beer and what's going on? And, and uh, he's going to have to come on again once he gets things even more established. But... But uh, I'm going to say, hey, your shirt is Ho3, Ho3, yeah, Ho squared. Ho cubed. Ho cubed. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's cubed nut. Um, so uh, let's see. Let's, why don't you get that, that mic right there, my friend? Two or three? Yeah, go for three. Three? Yeah, All right. So yeah, three, I can hear myself three, better. Three is way better, my friend. Oh, yeah. So, Bob, welcome to the studio. Well, it's good to be here. You know, it's funny. I've, I've heard, uh, you know, the goings on inside the studio, but never been inside it myself as a UCI alumni. Yes. So yeah, zod, really, zod, zod, zod yeah. exactly. Very exciting to be back and uh, talking about the new project that I'm working on with Divine Science Brewing, which is my newest brewery. Dude, I'm 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 excited that you act. You know, we, you know I met you. We we're t- drinking beer. We we're tasting beer, talking about beer. Then you invited me over, and we became friends. And uh, did did a little show with you, and then um, you know we kept in touch and all that. And and I just think it's really cool that you've been able to to accomplish what you're doing now. So, yeah, well, it's been great. I mean, honestly, uh, you know, the, some of the feedback that you even gave me actually even helped. <laughs> so um, that's good. I'm yeah, glad. I kind of went into the recipe formulation, so to speak. So yeah, yeah. I'm really excited. You know, it's as a as a home brewer by passion, so to speak. You know, that's what we live by. Is that that interpersonal aspect of it? You know, from yeah. one home brewer one home brewer to an, to another, and um, for sure. You know, it's it's just kind of crazy to to see kind of. How really it is about, you know, who you know and not necessarily what. I think, yeah, what has a huge role to play in it, but you have to be the type of person that go, gets out there and mixes it up with other people. Yeah. You know, you know doing, uh, you know, your show and other shows have got me connected to, you know, a lot of other people, right? I, I got connected with Bravis Brewing through uh, one of the shows that I did, and he actually was the one who connected me with the contract brewer that we're currently working with. Yeah. So, I mean, it's... Good guy. I've been trying to get him on the show, but he's like, "Who? It's a non-alcoholic beer. Why does anyone want to hear about it?" I'm like, I, "I think they want to hear about it." But it's pretty impressive what <laughs> Philip's doing. I, you know, I think he's a he's a really process-driven guy, and he's putting so many hours into building his space out. Yeah, they're actually going to be on the other side of Randolph. You know, you got Barley Forge and you got Gun Whale. Uh, he's actually going to be opening up a little well, bit. Well, Bootleggers over there and now, and he's going to be across the street from Bootleggers. Exactly. So he's yeah. right in the the you know the. I don't know what, what, what they're calling that now. Well, Is that Brewery I, Row in I, That's Costa what Mesa? I've been calling it, Brewery Row. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, it's super exciting. I'm brewery very, Block, Brewery Row. Right. I don't know. We can come up with something more original maybe. But, well, I'm super excited you know. for him, and I just know how— And it's not far from you. It's in Costa Mesa. Yeah. No, I mean, that was the kind of the coolest thing is to get connected with somebody that was local. I mean, I mean when you do shows, you're never sure who it's going to reach or, or the real impact, so to speak. And so it's, it's been really cool that, you know, the, the fact that I've gotten, you know, not only the local attention, but— you know, really, we've get, we've gotten a great response thus far, just even going to market in the last couple of days, even. You know, we've been having tastings and uh, meetings with local brands and restaurants that are in you know, Orange County and Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. So uh, really excited, um, you know, that we'll be bringing some beers on tap, even in some places before the end of the year. That's, I, dude, that's really exciting. I'm, <laughs> I'm really, really happy for you. Um, and, and if, and I think it's exciting that, um, that, the culture, our culture, mm-hmm. our community here in, in brewing, um, affords that. So yeah, I, I'm I'm really happy to just be any part of that, and and uh, yeah. just to hear that that's an impetus uh, is cool. 
Yeah, you man. Know? Well, it's just great. I mean, I, you know, I, th- I love what people like you are doing for the community in the space. I, I mean, I think that, yeah, over the past 10 years with the, uh, you know, hoppy beer, you know, uh, what a what revolution, so to speak, there's been a lot of attention and it's kind of, sw- you know, expanded and contracted. But I think it's the people like you who really keep that culture going. You know, not not just interpersonally, but on a on a larger scale, which I think you know helps helps people that aren't aware of it come to the table and be able to just make it that much of a larger community in in general. Yeah, and the um, the the beer community and as in brewers, mm-hmm. um, and the because they're the 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 lock, stock, and barrel, or the <laughs> the backbone of, of of entrepreneurship in in this field i would say yeah uh, of you know uh, of it's small business in, in in brewery form um the way that they support one another and show up and and you become friends and hang out and enjoy beers and everything i think is uh, a, a huge part of the culture in the community yeah it's kind of one of those things like i i, I hear people like simon sinek and some of those other types talking about this every now and then it's that um it's it's kind of like a, well why would you why would you do that or what what's so special about that person or what made you want to do that for that person kind of context and it's it's like it's that it's this almost immediate understanding of well they would do that same for me yeah you know and that's that's something that you know I've I've only experienced in very minimal quantities it it takes a while to to usually get to know people or to warm up to people if you will right yeah and it's just the the outpouring the openness the you know, free-flowing ideas. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that's the most impressive about oh, the brewing community, yeah. hands down. I agree. So let me stop you for a second. For anyone Please. tuning in now, you're listening to uh, Beer Ambassadors. Um, I'm your host, Mikael Woodward, the Beer Ambassador, and you're listening to KUCI, 88.9 FM in Irvine. Uh, the views and opinions that are expressed on this show are not that of KUCI, its management of the Board of Regents, but they are mine and my hosts. And you're coming in kind of a middle of a show because uh, I was able to sub for the first show, The Sauce, uh, from five to five to five thirty, and now we are uh, going on. So my guest in studio is Bob Kiefer, um, who uh, started as a home brewer and is still kind of a home brewer, but making his <laughs> way into professional brewing because he just made his f- his first batch as a yeah. professional brewer uh, with with. Did you say Divine Science? Yeah, the the name of my brewery is Divine Science Brewing. So. Congrats on that, because I, I, we had talked about some things, but I didn't know exactly it was divine science. So, but but I so back to the point we were just talking about. I, I think what's awesome about this culture and community and in beer and brewing, and um, is again how we met and we had an instant connection and bond. Mm-hmm. What it is is, and I've been telling people, beer makes friends. Beer is the drink of the people, and it makes friends better than any other. I mean, I'll, I like I like scotch, and I like. <laughs> all kinds of spirits and I make my own spirits and I, I make cider and mead and those are kind of part of the beer and brewing community. But, um, but there's nothing like a beer to be able to sit down and have a bonding with someone that you never met before. And sometimes I tell people like I have my ex and stuff, like, how do you just talk? You're just a small talk. How do you make friends? With someone you never met. And I'm like, Hey, that's just the way it is. Yeah. I have a friend here for, 10 minutes, an hour, two hours, maybe it's going to end be, you know, maybe I'm going to see them once a week and we're local drinking buddies or maybe it's a few months or a couple few years. I don't know how it happens, but mm-hmm. beer brings people together. Yeah. And, and there's this connection 
Um, and that now you and I are friends because of that connection, as you're saying, with the, within our community and, and the sharing, it's open. And mm-hmm. I think that the rest of the world is starting. I know Gary Vee talks about this and a lot of people in, uh, in, in social media now are starting to understand that if you bring va- if you bring value to people, if there's something that you can connect in and it's real, yeah, uh, um, and and that's you know like I I don't have huge numbers on my Instagram. I'm growing. I'd like to be ten thousand and fifty thousand, a hundred thousand, and maybe one day I will. Maybe it's in a year. Maybe it's in ten years. I don't know. But the people that follow me, uh, I have a a nutrition uh, rate every day, so I lose almost as many people as I gain. Hmm. So I'll get like twenty, sometimes thirty people following me, but. But they're just trying to get me to follow them back. If they're not someone I know or interested or part of the community, I'll say thank you and I'll comment. But I don't necessarily always follow them back. True. And so a lot of these people will just unfollow me because all they did to follow me is to get me to follow them back. Yeah. And it's funny because even my ex would go, well, they're not, you know, those people don't follow you anymore. They just got you to follow them and then they stopped following you. Yeah. But my point is um, the people who do follow me, besides the attrition, that's a loyal community. Yeah, that's that's part of the culture in the community that we have something in common and we want to see. And and now I'm branching out a little bit. I don't. It's not always about beer. I always I put about spirits. I put other things about entrepreneurship because I think that brewers and 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 people like me and you are entrepreneurs and and we struggle every day, but we have a passion for yeah. what we would do. So we do that. So tell me a little bit about how how for those people didn't see the or hear the show last time, mm-hmm. how you got into brewing. And became a, a um, you know, a a home brewer, and then you, we have to talk about your niche because people yes. out there might not know your niche. Yeah, and then that's how divine science goes. So, let, yeah, well, I could, we could start in 2010 when I first kind of started <clears throat> noticing that I have this gluten intolerance or however you want to label it. It goes by a lot of different names sure. currently, but kind of cut a whole segment of my menu out overnight. Yeah. Um, any wheat products, barley products, rye products were no longer on the table for myself. And, <clears throat> you know, over the course of that next couple of years, uh, you know, first of all, first of all, I was just struggling to find like a, a new diet ways around, you know, the current American diet, which has wheat pretty much everywhere. And then, uh, you know, in the midst of that kind of came to realize, is there any beer? And, kind of you're like i love beer i'm I'm a home brewer what am i gonna do the one thing i miss the most i mean you know and this is the crazy thing is i was still in college in 2010 right so this is in the midst of like binge drinking i almost immediately pulled myself out of that because i couldn't do that anymore Mm. right because binge drinking is pretty much predicated on bud light or coors light or miller's miller light and I don't recommend binge drinking, my friends. You want <laughs> Neither good, do I. You want good beer. But anyways, exactly. Well, that it was does the thing. happen in school. And, and Well, sometimes people mature. Sometimes people are forced to grow up. And that was kind of my forced to grow up sure. aspect. And I no longer became a, you know, a, you know, frat boy. I was no longer that frat boy that could pound, you know, three beers in a minute. This was more about actually enjoying what I was tasting because not only did, were the the, lim, the options limited uh, because there was some gluten free beer, but it just you know w- there wasn't that much of it, and then it was also yeah. more expensive, right? So n- now I'm having to consider the fact that I'm not paying a couple cents for a beer and I'm paying a couple bucks for every beer that I buy. Yeah. Um, so that kind of got me into the whole noticing about the tasting aspect, and then <laughs> had a friend who was a home brewer, um, and. You know, he was like, well, I mean, you know, you, you can probably figure out a way to brew, brew it gluten-free. And so I was like, well, that gives me hope. Um, so then I got into it, you know, just, 
you know, started doing small extract batches and stuff like that just to kind of understand how yeast even works and why it makes beer and all that stuff. And sure. And then from there, it kind of took off. You know, the moment I really, uh, the moment, I think the big watershed moment for me was when I came across um, glutenfreehomebrewing.org. That's glutenfreehomebrewing.org, which is changing to glutenfreehomebrewing.com this year. But um, Really, they're going to go from an organization to a yeah, company. Interesting. It's pretty crazy. So, yeah, really excited for them. And, um, but, but, you know, I think that was the thing is that I, I hadn't really realized how many, uh, options there really was because I was only used to sorghum or some of those other gluten-free um, fermentables. They had a catalog of all different types of roasts and base malts and they had rice and millet and buckwheat and quinoa and corn and all these new grains that I hadn't even thought about. So I just kind of pretty much bought most of the catalog that I could afford sure. and just started playing around with it. And um, the first beer that I brewed with those malts was a it was supposed to be a Belgian strong ale. It really turned out to be a, a Belgian stout because I was utilizing a converted mash tun for, uh, that used to be a half barrel keg. Yes. Um, and so the false bottom was for barley, not for millet. And the millet slipped right through to the bottom. During the mash, we had a you know a temperature fallout, so to speak. We had to heat it back up, but we, so we scorched all the grains on the bottom and made like a roasted Belgian stout. And so I was like, well, there might be some efficacy to this because this still tastes great. Yeah. So, and so yeah. That's the main thing, taste, right? So That's what it comes down to. And the one thing that's that's kind of cool to kind of loop this into with the homebrew aspect is, you know, taking this beer around to various other people and, you know, kind of getting different people to try the beer. A lot of people would say things like, oh, I can't taste that it's gluten-free or, oh, my gosh, this, ta- this flavor is so, it's so nuanced or I've never tasted anything like this before. Things like that, which was... Which was kind of cool. It's, it's it's kind of an, an interesting way. I think that's one of the reasons why homebrewers do connect really well is that aspect of when you taste what somebody else has made, it's almost like you know them that much better. Yeah. Based on their I, creativity. I You're yeah. like, oh, this is who this person is. This person is a funky Saison kind of guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or whatever it is. And as a brewer and you brewed all these styles, you, you're like, oh, okay, well, that's creative. Or I never thought to do it like that. Um, and so, yeah, it helps those it helps with those connection points because you you see a different side of them than say you would in just any normal social context where they've got their guard up and you've got yours up, you know? I mean, well, that's a good way to put it. Um, I think that the, 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 see, the thing about beer is um, it obviously brings down guard, right? It brings <laughs> down the guard and you can, you, right. you relax and you can be yourself with people. And yeah. Um, um, so I think that's part of what brings people together. But you're right. When you create something, you share that. People appreciate that. And yeah. when people enjoy it, you appreciate that. I mean, that's kind of what drives us, isn't well, it? Well, and it's the cool thing <laughs> is it's like, you know, when you, um, you know, make a new friend or you, you know, clear that big boss that you were training weeks for or things like that, you get that dopamine rush. And that's where you really get all of those kind of chemicals flowing. You get the dopamine from the great tasting beer. You get the dopamine from the feedback. Um, you know, I've got this weird yeast theory where I, I feel like yeast itself has this aspect of, of effect on our character and like how mm. we act and how we treat each other and other things like that from a chemical standpoint. But that's for yeah. another episode. <laughs> that it sounds like a great episode I, I, <laughs> because it uh, actually is in your um, it's in your gut and affects things. And exactly. Probiotics and all that. I've talked about that stuff before. So, that's yeah, why I make pickles and there you go and sauerkraut and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's why we either accidentally or not accidentally make sour beers, you know? Yeah. Oh, I love sour beers. <laughs> but, um, okay, so so obviously this is how you got into it, but so right. I know this, but for the people out there, what made you want to, you know, 
take the foray into yeah you know going from a home brewer to commercial i was i was thinking about it i was looking around and you know I think one of the things that really fast-tracked a lot of this was doing the seminar that I did at National HomebrewCon this past June. Okay, so people don't know about that. <laughs> Give them a little... little so t- I did like know. a Gluten-Free Brewing 101 seminar this past June in Portland, Oregon for um, the American Homebrewers Association's National Homebrew Convention, yeah. which they do annually every year. The, I just submitted my proposal for this uh, upcoming year's 2019. Did you? Yeah, HomebrewCon. Yeah, um, no, it's, it's, it's in Rhode Island. I know it's going to be in Rhode Island. It's going to be really exciting. Yeah. Um, but this is the time to put in, huh? Before the end of the year? Yeah, it's kind of, they get they get, they get get at it, which yeah. is really cool. So, um, yeah, I, I love Matt over there. He's such a great guy. Yeah. He's so responsive. And yeah, Matt Bowling. Yeah, he's Bowling. I'm sorry. world-class guy. Um, um, but so that, that was the thing is, is it, it got me on this fast track where I realized I hadn't really made inroads with a lot of other gluten-free breweries besides maybe one or two. And so I really just went like canvassing and, you know, kind of found out that there was not just one or two gluten-free breweries in Oregon, there was four dedicated gluten-free breweries in in Oregon. And there's also one in Seattle. So I kind of made a, you know, big outreach to them. Um, I actually got to apprentice at Ghostfish, which is the Seattle gluten-free brewery, which really kind of put a whole new lens on things um, in a sense of just kind of seeing how they do it, what's possible, what's doable, and just talking about kind of how they got started. And they self-funded too. And yeah. so, cause I had, I had had this vision that, you know, brewery, there's this cost of entry, you got to buy the equipment, you got to get the, the, you know, the, the permitting, all that stuff. And that, that is, so that is a part of it, but there are ways that you can kind of fast track that a little yeah. bit. You can circumvent certain aspects and build up a brand to an extent before exactly. you have to get into the, the, the full way. And so that was the, that had been the biggest fear really. And the fact that that, those questions were kind of answered for me, um, kind of helped me just go, you know what? the only thing that's separating me from somebody else doing this is my ability to act, right? Like there's, there's people like Tony Robbins, there's people like that who talk about like all these inventions in history that happened like at the same time. Yep. Right. And it's only the person who actually went and like did it and product development did it and like did all this research and then put it out. Yeah. That's the only thing that separates the The first one to market or because there's many people with the first one to market or the one who, built the product that lasted the longest and got the most recognition. They just did it, you know, <clears throat> yeah. and that was the kind of the thing where I was like, you know what? And it was weird because it's kind of like an amalgamation of different things. Like my dad's just been riding me for the last five years, five, six years, actually. Like, what's what, what, are, you, what, what are you going to do, Bob? What are you going to do with your life? You know, what, you, what kind of a business are you going to own? All that kind of stuff because he's an entrepreneur himself. Oh, is he? So... So he's <laughs> the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. That's awesome. So he's just been you know, kind of on my case, like, you know, hey, Bob, you're turning 30. You know, this is a jumping off point for sure. you. You know, you might want to consider with the legacy you want to leave behind kind of thing. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. He's so, right, though. But he's legacy. right. And so I was like, you know what? That's that's an interesting thing. And I had to really it, it, the cool thing is it kind of forced me into this method of thinking where I, I now had to view my life through what could I do for the rest of it? Yeah. Right. Because jobs are one thing and, and that's, that's a means to an end, but that's, that's no, that's, there's, isn't as yeah. much legacy. Yeah. So there's not much legacy. You already have a job. I know that. Right. And, and so, uh, and, yeah. and you want something that people will remember you for and you feel, I mean, I think we're all put here to, uh, and, 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 fi- and working for someone having a job, if you have a passion for it is not a problem. No. But if you don't have a passion for it, Right. Then, then there's an issue, but but you feeling uh, as a human, uh, you know, just 
as a member of society, feeling like you made a difference and, and you're impacting people, yeah. I think that's what we have a, dri- a drive for. It's true. Right? And, you know, I think one of the, I guess the thing is, is for me, at least for, for me in this market, um, this is like every single time I've said that there isn't a gluten-free brewery in Southern California to people, they're like, really? Yeah. Are you serious? Because mm-hmm. that's the one place I would expect them to definitely have a gluten-free brewery. And so I just kept hearing things like that. And then while I was apprenticing at Ghostfish in Seattle, th- one of the owners told me that they were doing consulting work for a brewery that was opening up in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mm. And I was like, Tulsa? Tulsa. Tulsa? Yeah. That's that's like weed eater capital of the United yeah, States. That's like farmland USA. Yeah. It's like, wow. I'm like, no way. And so then I, you know, corroborated that via Google search. And I was like, you know what? I'm kind of behind the mark even. Yeah. Like I need to get my game together. Yeah. And so that's really kind of where I just kind of doubled down, got into recipe formulation and really trying to start perfecting recipes that, you know, I know or, you know. And when was all this? This was, uh, Kind of last May is really kind okay. of when it all kind of kicked into high gear because I was in the prep work, you know, kind of finalizing my talk for HomebrewCon. Because uh, we actually met at HomebrewCon. Exactly. And when I met you, I said, you need to bring this to market. <laughs> and you're like, well, funny thing is, and I'm like, no, not funny thing. We, you, um, and I found that we were neighbors, essentially, because you're right. here in Southern California. So we meet, in, we meet up there in Portland, Oregon, which I think is funny. <laughs> and now we're friends down here. But um, but yeah, I, I, I'm glad that your dad was pushing you and the whole thing with Ghostfish. And I know you did a pro-am with them. Yeah, which was really excited. I mean, it didn't like place, but um, you know, they do uh, like a monthly experimental series. And it, it went on tap in like August 14th. And we had cleared the five sixtals because uh, it was a it was a half barrel batch. Sure. Um, the three sixtals had had emptied by, before the end of the month. Nice. So that was an original recipe for me that kind of really gave me a lot more of that credence. Like, okay, you know, I make beers that at least sell. Yeah. <laughs> so and in a place that's already established with good beers, which was great. So I, I think that that really helped really build the confidence even further. Yeah. Um, and then just kind of take it from there. Uh, you know, I. 2018 has just been a crazy year, really. Like, yeah. You know, I, I also took second place in a homebrewing competition that was specifically for gluten-free. So some of that that was involved. I wasn't aware of that one. Yeah. So uh, Groundbreaker, which is a gluten-free brewery in Portland, mm-hmm. they did their inaugural homebrewer competition. Ah. Right? So I ended up getting like a $150 Bob's Red Mill gift certificate. Nice. So nice. that was kind of cool. And it was validating. And, and I'm sure you drank that already. Oh yeah, it's well. The, the, that recipe was the one that I ended up submitting for okay. um, for Ghostfish because okay. it was in a, a, a BJCP sanctioned. Okay, I event. gotcha. That's the that's the whole prerequisite for anybody that's yes. listening about how to get into the pro am. Yes, you have to be a member of the uh, American Homebrewers Association. Yep, and then you have to have your beer have uh, participated and meddled in a, a, sanctioned, a sanctioned contest. Contest, yes. Yeah. It, just for those people now uh, out there, if uh, right now is a good time to join the American Homebrewers Association. You can go to the American Homebrewers Association dot org, uh, or just Google it. Um, but if you do join, mm-hmm. um, right now you can get a free book. Yeah, when, when the, you join, they, they always have deals and stuff like that. But I think it's cool to to be a member and support them. Um, and there's California Homebrewers Association as well. But that we'll talk about that another one. Mm-hmm. So back to you. Um, so then you you do all this stuff and and you got things going. Mm-hmm. And I know that we were talking and, and and I was like, well, why don't you contract brew? Yeah. Um, and so now you. 
you were talking with Philip over at Bravos and yeah, and he got me connected with Tim over at Backstreet Brewing, Backstreet. which is out of Anaheim, and yeah. they're they're doing actually a couple different uh, contract brews. They brew for Gunwale, yep. they brew their own. They also brew. I, I think it's called Beach Cruiser uh, Blonde or one of those uh, newer flavors that just hit the market. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they've they they've they've got a great capacity in there. They've really actually also just recently finished an addition to the brewing space so they've nice. got that much more capacity and that's an anaheim which is an anaheim yeah they do uh three dollar pints on monday nights for anybody that's Ooh. uh looking for there some good beer that's for a nice. good price um so what so so now divine science is yeah. is, is rolling and you're just coming to market so you're not really in the market yet or you well, are we're or? just i just sent my first po Okay. To a to a client today up in Canoga Park. Yo, as a purchase orders people. Um, <laughs> so Canoga Park. So so if you guys, um, I'm going to have you give out your information, but basically you'll be listing where you're at so people can go try. Yeah. Gluten free beer. Yep. That's really tasty. Yep. Because I've had some of your beers, and I if if you didn't tell me it wasn't gluten free, I, I wouldn't have known. Right. Um. So that's what I like. So what's this fir- What's the style of this first beer, and what are you calling it? So we're calling it Third Contact IPA. Um, if you're familiar with eclipse terminology, uh, third contact is I where, am, but tell the people just in case. So third contact is where the sun starts to peer back out over the corona. Um, so you get kind of like a diamond shape where you see this burst of light, but you still see a little bit of the corona left during mm-hmm. the eclipse. And kind of the, the way that I thought, thought about that is that when I first got, when I first became gluten-free, it was like the dark ages of beer, <laughs> you know? I can see that. And so you thought you weren't going to be able to have beer, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and so then, you know, this is kind of like that, that light, so to speak, at the end of the darkness, so yeah. to speak. So that's awesome. And what people don't realize is that even though there have been beers from like New Belgium and Stone out there that are gluten reduced, right? they're not gluten-free and there's a big difference. Why don't you talk to yeah. people about that? Well, so... Gluten reduced means that it's actually made from gluten containing ingredients like barley, wheat, or rye, which in in a sense is the equivalent of walking up to somebody with a nut allergy and a handful of nuts and then spraying a chemical on them and saying, Hey, I just sprayed this, you know, anti peanut chemical on these peanuts. What do you say? You want to try them? Why don't you eat that there? Yeah, why don't you eat that there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it doesn't got as much peanuts as it did before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, so yeah. So th- that's the thing is, it's kind of like this. It's kind of like a soggy biscuit where you're like, ah, thanks, yeah. but and you know, it, it, I mean, those things. My work heart goes for out to them. For, I appreciate them yeah. bringing attention it, to the it's space. A pr- it's good that they have it. You know, like there's. Uh, these gluten reduced beers, right? One of the glutenator or something like that, if I remember correctly. Um, and for those people who are into it as a fat or maybe healthier or something like that, then right. that's okay. But there's a lot of people out there who are really intolerant. Yeah. Who who uh, or celiac c- completely, right? Right. Well, think about it like this. I still even react, and I'm only intolerant. Yeah. So. It, it, that's the issue is it, it's it's i i don't want to make some sort of an overreaching claim that it's like volkswagen clean diesel but in a sense you figured out something that can trick the test yes so. and 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 so that's why you and these other breweries are really trying to um, make things that are gluten free yeah 100 percent <laughs> from grain to glass that's kind of the big that's what dedicated means that means that you know we're going to take on that extra cost we're going to buy the premium malts that are gluten free and we're going to go through that extra effort that it takes to make that beer 100% gluten-free. Yeah. So that's one of the things that people can expect is that they know that, you know, if it says 100% gluten-free or it says dedicated gluten-free, that they don't have to worry. They don't have to worry about having one and seeing if they react to it. They can have a whole, you know, three or four beers if they want. 
and not have to worry about the ill effects afterwards. One of the things that's also been really interesting is a lot of the feedback that I've gotten from a the professional brewers that have tried this beer and other just regular beer drinkers that have drink, drank it is they go, wow, I get all the taste of an IPA, but none of the bloat of an IPA. Okay. Which is pretty cool. I mean, I, I don't necessarily know all of the science on it, but I do I, know. That is interesting because I know that usually I tell people if, if you're getting, they say, oh, I don't drink beer because I get bloated. Mm. I'm like, well, pour the beer down the middle of the glass. Right. Wait long, and it'll be a bigger head and you have to wait a little bit longer to do that because you have two and a half times the CO2 in that bottle or that can. Mm-hmm. And it's so that it'll come out draft wise. So if you're drinking straight from the bottle or the can, you're going to be bloated. Right. But. There, I, there. I'm sure there are other chemical things well, like you're saying with the gluten that can make you feel a little bloated and stuff well, like that. Uh, from, you know, I, I can't actually quote the specific source, but I guess I'm gonna have to do another paper. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna have to do a little bit more research for you here. But, uh, but gluten is what some nutritionists refer to as an inflammatory protein. Sure, it's actually one of the reasons why your bread rises up as yeah. opposed to outwards yes. when you knead the dough and that sort of thing yeah. to make bread. Gluten is actually what makes bread rise in a sense. Uh, creates the, a structure so yeah. that it, it actually can it, grow. It's, it's a protein molecule. And yeah, it's 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 a, it's a you know it's very useful for the for what it has in terms of its historical implications mm-hmm. in terms of people like me with autoimmune issues and other stuff like that. It's <clears throat> it's something to avoid. So that's kind of the the good news is that you know that's really what we're able to do here. And um, yeah, it just. Because I, th- I guess one of the things that's, that's, that has been really tough is that when I started looking around, realizing that there really wasn't a lot of gluten-free beers in Southern California, I, I kind of stopped going out, you know? And I can imagine that other people that are like me are basically in the same boat. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, I could meet you for drinks, but, but yeah, yeah, we could meet at my house. Yeah. You know, so. But and you've the, done that with me. Exactly. Hey, you want to come over? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, when I can. <laughs> Last time you came over to my place, I'm like, oh, do I have gluten free? Yes, but it was only gluten uh, reduced. Which well, I had no. gluten free, gluten reduced beer, but I but what I had gluten free was cider yeah, and mead, which were tasty. Right? I really appreciate that. Um, but yeah, I had to th- I have to think about it too. And even when I was breaking out a palate cleanser, oh wait, I started to give you a cracker. I have to give you something gluten free, right? <laughs> so I had to break out chips. But I know, but, right? It's like know. the people that are like, oh, you're gluten free. Well, I'll make pasta. No big deal. Yeah, oh, uh, okay, it's great. like me <laughs> and pork, you know. <laughs> Can't have any pork. How about some bacon? No, I can't have that. Yeah. How about some pepperoni? Can't have that. Sausage? No, they're all pork. Um, <laughs> I had a girl's like, so you like? Can you you can eat ham then, right? I'm like, oh. you know, that's pork, right? But um, <laughs> oh my gosh. But but I'm sure you get the same kind of thing. Yeah, it's funny. same kind of thing. And you just have to educate people and kind of go. Yeah. Are you? I think I think people just don't think at first. Right. Maybe some people are a little dense in well, that or ignorant, they, but, they but actually most do of them care. just don't know. They actually yeah, do care. That's what I'm saying. Them. They care, but but well, they want to be right. They want they, they want don't. you to have a good experience. You know, they want you to come back to their restaurant, yeah. right? I mean, that's how it actually makes them money. Yeah. And so that's the that's the thing that we're looking to do is it, it, we we really feel that bringing this election to tap houses and bars and pubs and restaurants is is gonna almost be that second coming. They'll, they'll, yeah. These restaurants will be able to make that much more money because they're now going to be able to cater to that many more people. Well, that's what I, uh, I told Philip with Bravos. I mean, you have a non-alcoholic beer. That's great. Same thing for uh, my other friend with, you know, hop water. Right. You know, I've, um, I've seen Bravos's beer on a couple different uh, television shows recently because when they say are like, I think there was like some politician show or with Taya Leone where she had a, one of his stouts in her hand. It was a really wow. cool picture that he took. And a lot of movie sets are buying uh, up cases of his beer for their, their you know, bar scenes. 
Yeah. Right? So that they don't actually have to pour Actual regular alcohol. beer. Yeah. <laughs> it's fascinating. <laughs> yeah, it's um, crazy. It's really cool. But I, I think it's I think what you're getting at though is is what's cool is that there's an alternative out there for the people who can't drink either alcohol or a gluten beer mm-hmm. and that you can sit and feel part of the crowd and 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 be able to g- be out and feel like hey I'm, I'm part of this whole right scene. well they've been kind of and not alienated right well like bud light has been kind of talking doing this with some of their ads recently where they have like the the king comes down and says you know beer for everyone and everybody cheers and then there's this other one dude in off to the side that's like do you have any mead yeah uh, I like my meads really malty. Yeah. You know, but, it's just like... I mean, uh, but if you get it, I was talking... Funny that you mentioned that because before you came in the studio and I was on the first half of the show, I was talking about how, uh, you know, ABM Bev is putting this huge money campaign in to put down small beers and right? people who want tasty Well, it's tasty weird because beers, I don't... It's even ABM Bev that's been saying things like, oh, craft beer is shrinking. Yeah. And that's a load of BS because they buy the top brand every year. Yeah. So it's like, if we're taking an aggregate of percentages, you're taking the top player out of the space out every space. year. And then you're putting all kinds of money, huge money into commercials to try and convince us otherwise. <laughs> right? But Because I just... I was talking about that on a football commercial uh, just this last weekend where I was wow. like, really? Uh, and it was a, that commercial. <laughs> so... Um, anyways, and that's something I was I was starting to write about. We right. only have a couple minutes left, so sure. I would like for you to be able to give out your information to everybody yes. so that they can find uh, you. And I don't know if you've made a separate account for your for your beer yet. I'm or... spinning it up really soon, so okay. it's uh, you know we're under we've we've already bought the domain for Div- D- Divine Science Brewing, and sure. we're currently pimping out the website and things like that. But we'll have our handle <clears> for <throat> social media, Facebook and um, Instagram set up very soon. Um, it's probably going to be, you'll probably be able to just search Divine Science, D-I-V-I-N-E, okay. and then Science. Because I don't know if you want to give out your personal one or not. Yeah, well, I, you know, my contact information for the business is my um, my email address, which is keeferrobert at yahoo.com. Anybody that's looking to buy a sixtal of Kiefer our IPA. Kiefer is K-E-I-F-E-R. Yep. F-E-F as in Frank, E-R-R-O-B-E-R-T at yahoo.com. Yeah. Keeferrobert at yahoo.com. That's the best way to, to get a hold of me directly. Um, and then I'm also on uh, Facebook as Bob Kiefer. Bob so Kiefer. I'm searchable there. And then you can also look up Robert Kiefer and you'll find the, the various podcasts that I've done uh, earlier this year. Yeah. So people can go listen to that. And uh, I, I, just a nod really quickly. Part of what got you in this space also, and I remember when you called me and said, hey, we have an opportunity to buy this space and possibly do a brewery because da, 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 and it didn't work out but it was partly because of your girlfriend has a yeah gluten-free bakery baking pies business. by dominique d-o-m-o-n-i-c pies by dominique and um she's my main inspiration but she's pretty much the the muse for most of the beer flavors i've ever made because you know living living with your fiance and having half of the house taken up with brewing supplies you gotta make sure she's happy yes so <laughs> all of the all of the flavors that are being released to market are currently approved by an executive chef so i can at least say that with all confidence <laughs> yeah that's very good so and she makes pies she makes cakes she makes breads she makes cupcakes everything under the sun she's yeah. got a website piesbydominique.com with a c so d-o-m-o-n-i-c.com well my friend we're gonna have to cut it there <laughs> but thanks for coming to the studio uh, it's always a pleasure hanging out with you and by the way, uh, you're a handsome man, but you have a great voice for radio. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm telling you, it's, you sound really good on, on on my headphones, at least. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. I, you know, I, I, it's funny because I I do a on on the phone job for sales, and they say, "Well, you've got the voice yeah. for radio." Ah, there you go. All right, my friends. Until next time, 
here you go. We're gonna we're gonna end up the show and uh, listen to us next week. <laughs>